Hey, how's it going, listener? Thanks for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, when the jock's away, the nerd and rug boy get to play. Who cares? A jock said that. Black Panther is out and stands to break tons of records with a massive opening weekend. Brian Michael Bendis joins Tim Miller on an X-Men movie. And Sony Pictures is looking to grab some comic book IP at Wizard World. Plus, our thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Altered Carbon, and a lot of great television. You'll also find out which character from the Bozo Show I resemble. And we got tons of great listener comments all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, February 16th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Yes, very good. Hello, listener. What's up? Thanks for checking out the Jock and Nerd podcast. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. And my name is Rugboy. He's the Rugboy. And he's the nerd. And yes, we are missing our jock at the start once again. We're jockless. We are jockless. We're flying in the wind, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute of it. But unlike last episode, if you if you tuned in the last episode where Anthony managed to make it and popped in, uh, Anthony won't be uh, joining us this evening. Uh, you should just call it the Rug Boy Nerd Show. It's this. This will be the nerd I get top rugs. billing. Oh God <laughs> damn it! I never get the top billing. <laughs> oh shit! Fine. This is called the Rug Boy and Nerd Podcast. Uh, and if you're a first time listener, thanks for checking us out. Uh, real quick, what you get every week here is comic book and superhero TV news, reviews, and whatever we choose. And there's usually a jock by the name of Anthony. Here's what happened. He was totally planning on being on the show. Uh, this whole time, this whole day until 5 p.m. today. Uh, well, it's Friday when we're recording, and he got a line on some concert tickets to like a DJ EDM concert up in Milwaukee. Whoa! We are in Chicago, so it's a it's a bit it's like a it's like an hour. He's hour like, I half. gotta go to this. He's like, hour yeah. He's like, this DJ is gonna be pressing a button somewhere in Milwaukee. <laughs> I gotta get there. I, I have I don't FOMO. Miss that. I have fear of missing <laughs> out of when he drops the bass. I have to be there. But I gotta look, get there. He's like, what's on the show tonight? And I, I was like, look, it's Friday. You have a life. I would. You got tickets to a concert. I'm not gonna force Let you to him sit enjoy in, himself. Yeah, I'm not gonna force you to sit in front of a computer and talk to us assholes on your Friday evening when you know time is precious. So I hope he's enjoying the concert. Uh, here's what we're gonna do in this show, though. We got a bunch of geek news to cover. Uh, of course. We can't stop talking about uh, the Black Panther. Happy Black Panther release day. Uh, and we got some other stuff. And then we talk about some TV shows, a little bit of reviews. I got a lot of great email. There's a new patron, new people to the, the group. Lots of fun stuff to be had, Rugs. Yes, I'm excited. As always, check the show notes at jogginer.com slash 208 for everything we talk about. But before we begin, uh, Rugs, I have to start the show with an admission and an apology. Oh, Whoa. shit. Believe it or not. As I was editing last week's show, I got to the end of the show. And I got to the part where we uh, were promoting Anthony's guest appearance on the Cubby Hole podcast. They brand new 
Cubs Chicago Sports Podcast by our buddy Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground. And uh, while listening to that, I may have made it sound like I didn't like the show and <laughs> and I didn't mean that. Basically, when I finished listening, I was like, wow, I'm a dick. <laughs> oh, you don't know that? No, I didn't. And it, <laughs> in the moment, it didn't occur to me. That was not my intention. Here's what happened, Rugs. My alter ego. Remember my alter ego? This is my mutant ability. I have an alter ego superhero that comes out every now and then. His name yeah. is Unintentional Asshole. Oh, yeah, shit. you got Bilotti with that one. Un- yeah, I got him a couple of times with that. <laughs> you know, I, I got it, 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 he, He'll show up every now and then. Unintentional Asshole strikes again at the end of the last episode. Uh, listener, if you're new, you haven't heard it, you, you can go back and check it out. The whole episode's great. It's at the very end. It's not the first time it's happened, guys. No, and it's so, not the first. It won't be the last. No, it won't be again uh, the last. And again, to my credit, I could have cut all that shit out like it never happened. But no, I am exposing myself to you, the listener. I hope you don't sue me. <laughs> land a harassment suit on me, but I am exposing my inner uh, asshole to you. Well, that what you're doing is you're, you're entertaining people. That's correct. And sometimes <laughs> when you're being entertaining, things happen. Things happen. You got to go with the flow. So look, I, though I'll put a link in the notes to that appear, that appearance, that podcast. I listened to the rest of the show, and actually, it's a great conversation with two sports nerds. Very engaging. Uh, I highly recommend it, and I'm going to make it up to you, Jason. By just slipping in the word cubbyhole podcast throughout this episode, here and there. Just Okay. You don't have to do it, Rugs. You didn't fuck up. This is my game. No. You cubbyhole podcast. I never apologize. No, for... you never do. Yeah. So uh, am I, I'll slip in the word cubby, the word hole, the word podcast. Put it together. But I have to mention one thing. If you go listen to that show at the beginning of the episode, he talks about um, watching an episode of Trivia Geeks that we do live on YouTube. So there's a video aspect, and I'm, I'm vaping. I got my headphones on. I got the mic. And he goes, uh, he compared me. He goes, Imran looks like Wizzo from the Bozo the Cloud show. Oh, shit. And first of all, I was like, spot on comparison there, sir. Uh, if you don't know who Wizzo is, I'm going to put a photo of this character in the show notes. Wow. Wizzo is a character from the Bozo the Clown show. There was Bozo and his sidekick, Cookie, and then Wizzo, who was He's like, like a third stringer like he me. He is. Exactly. He was the rug boy. He's this magician. And I believe, I'm going to have you describe him to the listeners in a second. I believe his catchphrase was, do-de-do-de-do-de-do-de-do-de-do-do. Like he would say that and then do like a shitty that's magic. Kinds of, that's kind of creepy. It's a little creepy, right? So first of all, Ruggs, I want to ask because this was a WGN local Chicago show, but I also know WGN was national because people watch Cubs games all over the, the country. Did Are you familiar with the Bozo show? I remember seeing it various times, but I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember this guy at all. You don't remember Wizzo? Okay, so Ruggs, what I've sent you today is a picture of Wizzo and a picture of myself right now. First right. of all, for comparison, I'll put both of these in the show notes. Uh, Ruggs, can you quickly describe what you're looking at in this picture okay, of Wizzo I'm to the listener? I'm going to describe a picture. <laughs> You got. I don't know if you're gonna know if it's you I'm describing or Wizzo. That's okay? very. That's very okay, true. Okay, so uh, this guy is wearing a turban. <laughs> All right, uh, he's kind of pale. Yes, his nose is a different color than <laughs> the rest of his face. Kind of like Humpty Hump. All right, um, he has a strange beard and a strange mustache and really thick eyebrows. Yes. And uh, he's he's got this like uh, like creepy stare. 
Yes, he now, does. Is Very this Imran? There. <laughs> this could be Imran I'm talking about. Is it me or is it Wizzo? No, it's Wizzo I'm talking about. But your picture is a lot creepier, right? So can you describe to the listener the state of my facial hair right now? Oh, you want me to describe your facial hair? Yes. <laughs> Dude, like, I really can't. I, I really don't know how. There you, are no words, are there? Yeah, I mean, I know you, Imran. I know you deal with a lot of bullshit, but this is like an interest. This is this is beyond interesting. I walk around like because this every day, Rug Boy. The thing about this is Imran like always had like you know he's he's had vitiligo, he has things, but they always seem to balance themselves out. This is the first time I've seen an asymmetrical. Yes, they're always balance. symmetrical. Yes, correct. And yeah. okay, so so he's basically got. Like a black beard, and then at one point you got like Doctor Strange, like white streaks on the bottom of your beard, like where your like kind of right. where your chin is. Those right? grew and joined together. They joined together, so now you got a solid goatee of white, except on the for bottom. like one spot where it's still black. But you know what? You can forgive that. That's not even that yeah. distracting. Yes. Now on your mustache, yes. that was completely black like a week ago. I don't even yes. know. Yes, this literally last... happened like overnight. I shit you not. You're absolutely correct. Okay, so now you have a white Hitler mustache. Yes! <laughs> All right, and then, for some reason, just one side of your beard towards, like, your mustache towards the end of the corner of your mouth is white for no, for no apparent reason. <laughs> and on the other side, it's completely black. So you now you have an off-balance. Like, if you would have had the same white thing happening on the other side, right? it would have been at least symmetrical. Rugs, my face is now a goddamn QR code. <laughs> I'm a fucking walking UPC symbol. If you scan my face in the Amazon app, now, my pri- my retail price is going to come off. off. No, I can't because my my skin because of the vitiligo is so pale. When I shave, like you can't see my neck. Like it's just one solid. There's no defining thing. It's too. So just white. keep the goatee. Just get rid of the mustache. But the goatee, I don't know. It's 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 quite Look, amusing. Go, I, go, go Abraham Lincoln. I will put these pictures in the show notes, and also I've I've gotten a lot of uh, people come up, and it's a great conversation starter because people think I'm doing it, and I'm like, this is natural, dude. I can't control this. Uh, <laughs> anyways, back to Wizzo. He's got a crazy Salvador Dali handlebar mustache, a square goatee, and a total creepy pedophile look. He looks like you the should kind get of- that uniform though, and that <laughs> turban, and the turban looks like this. Is the guy you would hire. When's the for last you- time you wore a turban? You what are they called anyway? They're not that, all turbans. That's not a turban, first of all, and that's the Sikh people wear turbans. This is some fun, some goofy genie fucking hat i don't know what it is it's a hat that's a hat with a big rit i that's not a turban i don't know what this it's is turban-esque but wizzo is is creepy but i remember him this is all to say check out the last show if you're a new listener because we had a great uh time with our guest dope pope who's yeah, an he amazing was he was awesome dude i love his energy he's welcome back anytime amazing 3d artist and i'm sharing this on the show because dope listens dope is not on facebook but listener Blake Braden commented on our Facebook Pope post saying, Dope Pope is legit. Talking nerd. Dope, we may have just got you a fan right there. I feel like I made a connection. You should go check out his work. I his, mean, uh, yeah. There's a Kickstarter up. I'll put a link in the show notes. Support that. We have more from Blake Br- Braden later in the show, as well as everybody else. Let's get to the news, everybody. The Jock, Jock and Nerd, nerd. Podcast. 
You want to weigh in on what you think my face looks like uh, when you see these photos, listener? Just uh, visit our website, jockadur.com slash contact for all the ways you can let me know that I look like a, a furry in real life. Like I'm an honorary furry. I don't even need a costume because my head, people think I'm wearing a costume. <laughs> think I'm wearing a fake head. No, <laughs> that's my face. So links to our Twitter uh, Twitter page, our Facebook page, uh, how to send us your audio, and our awesome Facebook group called Jock and Nerd Nation, constantly popping. What's up, Facebook group fam? Uh, we got new people. I got to welcome Miguel. M- M- oh, I'm going to butcher everyone's name. Hold on. Stay with Miguelino. me. Miguelino. Miguelino Martinez. Very good, Rugs. How about you read this next name, Rugs? This one I can't fucking figure Come on. out. Give me, give me a shot. Ben Bank. I think it's Ben Ben Bump. Bump. Ben, 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 there's, there's a lot of consonants in a row, Ben. I think it's Ben, Ben, Mick. Ben, 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 Mick. Ben, Mick. Ben, Ben, Mick. Ben, thanks for listening. Let us know how to say your name. It's like Johnny Mnemonic. It's like <laughs> yes. you don't pronounce any of those letters. So his last name has uh, one uh, vowel and like seven consonants. Uh, that's the best we could do. Dion Robertson, what's up? Thanks for joining the group. I got more from Dion later in the show also. Joe St. John. Jose L. Gonzalez and Justin Zanger, who is a uh, podcaster. He's got a show called Zang This uh, that I was on this week talking about Spider-Man 2. Uh, check the link good in the movie. show notes for that. It was very good. But thanks to Justin uh, Zanger and Ellie for having the nerd on to geek out about Spider-Man 2. And Rugs, like I said, Black Panther is out. Happy Black Panther Day officially out. That's right. Of course, it came out last night, but tonight is the big movie, Imran. This is a very, very important movie. It's the most important movie I've ever heard about. <laughs> this, it is. There's no other movie that has been this important. And one of us who is not here has already seen the movie. Yeah, Jock saw it. Yes, the Jock saw it. And uh, his uh, in, instant reactions are up if you want to sign up and hear it before of our ahead of our review. I would have loved to review the movie for this week, but logistically... With my work schedule, like in my job, sometimes I got to work weekends. I'm working the whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Whoa. There was no sucks. way. There's no way this is going to happen. You will get our full Geektastic review next week. Subscribe. Stay tuned. Anthony, I just, I was like, I don't want to know anything to give me a little bit. And he's like, I fucking loved it. And uh, he just loved it. And uh, it's this movie. We predicted what its opening would be opening weekend. And even with our high predictions, I think we underestimated this movie. I uh, didn't. I think I, I thought it was going to be 200 million. Oh, you yeah. did say 200. All right. Let's... I think I might have said in the neighborhood of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you may have been the closest because this estimate all week has been ballooning. I understand hype. Yes. It's been ballooning to uh, uh, people are saying 180 million. So here's what it did. Thursday night, which is important, and this is how you can figure out where it may go. Thursday night, preview night, it scores a record-setting $25.2 million. Oh, shit. Which is twice what Deadpool did in February on its preview. Right. So Deadpool finished to 132. So if that stays on track, plus it's a President's Day weekend, it could be like a four-day weekend. This movie can easily come in at 175 million opening weekend. How crazy is that? That's crazy. I think it's going to do more than 180, but So here's this is what it's got to beat. I think I think you're right. I think this may be like the biggest solo MCU Marvel movie that they've put out. Here's the numbers it's got to beat. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 146. It's probably going to beat that. Yeah. Iron Man 3 174. 
So, it's going to beat that too. Okay, Captain America Civil War 179. If it's going to beat Iron Man, it probably It's going to either ca- tie it or beat it. Okay, here's where things get tricky. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron opening weekend, 191 million. Right. Could it get to that? It, it could. That? It could. I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the biggest box office things of the whole year. And then Marvel's uh, king of opening weekend still, the Avengers. 207 million oh, shit. dollars opening weekend. I don't think it's going to get near that. No, Infinity War should break that. You never know. I mean, Avengers is the first of its kind. Yeah. Dude, this thing already, it's uh, it set the record for the highest opening day box office in the UK of 2018. Right. Uh, it's it's broken a bunch of records already, like we said. Uh, high. It's the highest rated superhero movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It is at 97% right now. That's not bad. Well, yeah. Uh, let me see what the aggregated score is. Uh, 8.3 out of 10. Pretty solid. Uh, and also, the pre-sales have beaten any movie in quarter one. It's surpassed all superhero pre-sales. The IMAX ticket pre-sales ahead of everything. Ah, this thing is a monster. And you know what? This is what I think this why it's going to uh, do huge is because uh, if you think about it, when like the black movie going audience, when they get behind something, they fucking get behind something. Right. Uh, you're going to get that audience. You're going to get everybody. I've seen pictures of Thursday night of fans going to the movies in full, like African gear and native gear. And uh, it just looked awesome. Like I was like, this is amazing. Look at this movement that's going on around this movie. Ah, I can't wait. I I'm excited to see it beyond, beyond belief. Uh, it's the most important movie that's ever come out, Imran. <laughs> Until you understand next, that? Everybody's I, saying it. They are saying it. But you it. understand it's the most important movie ever made. Rugs, we have to believe the hype on this one. <laughs> hype is always right, this is isn't the thing it? That, this is the thing that's going to be heartbreaking to me because I'm tough on Marvel movies yeah. uh, more than most people. I didn't like Thor. I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I didn't like Homecoming. Yeah. And I made no bones about criticizing those movies. Um, so if I come off... Black Panther, and I'm not quite in love with everything about it, and I decide to critique it. I don't want to be li- like labeled as somebody who's anti-Black Panther. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, uh, and but we need to be honest with ourselves in the movie. But, I, but I'm sure I, I'm gonna like. I, but I understand where you're coming from because uh, so I kind of wish there wasn't all this hype. But like all the reviews have been positive. People are saying uh, Killmonger is like he breaks the, vil- the MCU villain curse. He's the best villain. I just. I don't want it to be so hyped that it doesn't stand up to it, and I'm like kind of let down. So I'm it's it's hard, well, and I'm super excited though at the same time. Right? Will you fake your enthusiasm if you don't like it? Look, first of all, Marvel and Kevin Feige have not made a bad movie. No, I will be honest. I'm not gonna fake my enthusiasm, but I don't see how I'm not gonna like this movie. Honestly. Right. I think uh, that you're going to like it. I don't see. So I wanted to share this article from Vulture, uh, which had a couple of really interesting, awesome bits from Kevin Feige. It's called Why Marvel Spent More on Getting Black Panther Just Right. And he says to Vulture, I hope you could tell from watching this movie, but the resources devoted to this movie are equal to and in fact surpassed our last couple of movies. So this thing he knew to give it a bigger budget. I wish Kevin Feige was black. That would make this story 100% better. <laughs> And, and it know, was, if everybody at Disney was black too, and if he was in charge of making green lighting movies, 
That would be great. It's a good point, but <laughs> they're still, you know, we are we are getting some representation. But Faiji gets it though. So, and I feel like from him, this is it's sincere. And yes, they're gonna make a shitload of money. Yeah. But he 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 he's built up to this, and it's the right time and the right point. There's another quote in here where just showing how much uh, faith Marvel Studios has or it gives off how much people love the brand. Uh, he talks about how they cast uh, Oscar winners like Lupita Nyong'o and Forrest Whitaker without them even seeing a script. They agreed to do this just from knowing about how awesome this brand is and hearing about how awesome it is to work on a Marvel movie. Uh, they jumped on board like that's got to tell you something. Well, come on. Marvel's printing money, man. They're making fucking bomb ass movies one after the other. Yeah, you can't you can't say no to that. You can't say no. Everybody wants in. So, okay, at, at the end of this, I think this is the most important takeaway from this article because it speaks to what we're talking about: representation, seeing yourself on screen represented, and what Fiji's experiences was, and what he says here. I love this because he says. Uh, uh, he says, it's something that's easy to take for granted growing up in the United States as a white male that my cinematic heroes look like me. I never thought they looked exactly like me because I'm not a big athletic hero, but they do. It's something that over the course of these 10 years, having a certain amount of power over what type of movies are made and what type of actors we hire, I want everybody to have that feeling. We don't take it for granted that people want to see themselves reflected in our heroes and our characters. That's been the case in the comics for years. And finally, that's the case in the movies and will only continue from here. I mean, this is this is such the right way to do it. And hopefully Black Panther gets so big, like he can take over the mantle from maybe like Iron Man leading the universe once Robert Downey Jr. is done and all of every, all of his contracts expire. You know, maybe you 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 put set him as the lead uh, and everything comes out of him. I don't know. Like, I think right. you can easily work it that way. I think it's a cool thing. I think that everybody should have their own hero or whatever. You know, that the, whatever that gets them out of bed in the morning, whatever that they can kind of rally behind, I think that that's all awesome. And I'm glad that they're making these moves. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what they do next. You know, so let's see what happens, man. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, it's just, it reminds me of like when I read, when I discovered Miss Marvel, Kamal Khan, Pakistani, Indi uh, Muslim, American immigrant family. She's a superhero. I was like, wow, I didn't know that I didn't want this, but this is what I wanted. So. It's good that it's good that they uh they can do this. Yeah, I never like was looking for a Romanian superhero. No, you should. We need a, a, Romani Romanian, a Romanian felty superhero. Uh, I just, just <laughs> it didn't matter to me. Really, Wait, it didn't matter. Isn't there an X Man from yeah, Romania? I loved Bruce Lee growing up. He was my hero. Like yeah. it didn't matter to yeah. me anything. No, but you look, know. I I wasn't Jackie looking. Chan was like yeah. I, I worship Jackie Chan absolutely. And, like, Jet Li and all these guys. So it's like you know. Look, I agree. I wasn't looking for it, but then when I read the Miss Marvel, I was like, "Wow, well, she really nailed this." And like, I, mean, I, I like them because they were from a different world, different yes. culture, and I yes. wanted to yeah. know and more. About yes, it. you learn about their culture. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, here's some people who don't want to learn about other culture, and it's this uh, Facebook group called Christians Against the Black Panther Movie. Yeah, well, Christians oh, are. <laughs> Well, yeah. look, here's what this I put this Why in. Why are we even entertaining these, uh, these? These guys are stupid. They are fucking. Well, look, They're hold idiots. on. Yes, yes. But okay. it's, it's ignorantly hilarious is the thing. All so right, let's see. Let's hear Here's it. the story. First of all, on our Facebook group, I posted a screenshot of uh, this 
Facebook group that has like 2.2 thousand members. It says Christians against Black Panther movie boycott now. Listen to this. This is hilariously ignorant. It goes, welcome my fellow followers of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You gotta read this whole thing. Aren't you? Thank you for joining our fight against the sinful movie that is the Black Panther. As everyone knows by now, Marvel was acquired by the liberal mega propaganda machine, Disney. That's right, the same company that owns CNN, ABC, and our nation's biggest distraction, ESPN. They are always trying to push their views on us as well as blatant racism. The racism is well-documented going back to the 1930s. Just check out the videos on YouTube. This year, yes, I I don't know what they're talking about. This year, they have gone too far. They're bringing out a movie glorifying the known hate group, the Black Panthers. We will not stand for this. We will boycott, protest, and spread the word of Jesus to these monsters at the Big Mouse Ear Corporation. They are evil. Of course, this does deserve the clip. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I had to do the double clip on that one. <laughs> That's how, but isn't that hilariously ignorant? I was like, well, this is yeah, hilarious. The Black Panthers were named yes. after the Black Panther. They weren't because of the Black Panther. Well, and I put this in because I'm about to school the listener right now. Thanks to listener and our a, a patron of the show. And he's been on the show, Jimmy McPike, who is a jock and nerd. He's a wrestler. And he writes comics. He's he and he knows his history. The man drops some knowledge. Uh, here's what he commented. This is fantastic. This is what they need to read. He says they're also wrong about where the name Black Panther comes from. Rather than being derived from the Black Panther Party, as they suggest, the name comes from the 761st Tank Battalion, a Second World War U.S. Army unit nickname, the Black Panthers. After their emblem, these Black Panthers were some of the most effective and decorated tankers of the war, earning the presidential unit citation uh, and were primarily black thanks to army segregation policies. After the war, the Black Panther became a symbol of black pride for the service and so was adopted for the character Black Panther when Marvel created the first mainstream black superhero. This character would then appear for the first time in July 1966, predating the Black Panther Party which was founded in October oh, okay. of so 1966. Were, so the original Black Panther was the Tank Battalion. Yes. And then Black Panther was named after that Tank Battalion. Yes. And then the Black Panthers were named after Black Panther, which was named <laughs> after the Black Tank, bata- <laughs> ding, that ding, tank ding. Battalion. There it is. Uh, he can't even say Tank Battalion. Tank, but say that three times. Say it's Tank Battalion. Yeah. Uh, he says, to bring this back to the larger point of the matter, what this group is saying is both factually incorrect, but also betrays their ignorance of the history of American civil rights movement, the Second World War, U.S. race relations, and common respect and decency, since they could have learned These all of this. These guys think that dinosaurs were... <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Come on. Like, why even... They, they're dumb people. And then he ends Sorry with basically, basically, they can go fuck themselves. It's not all Christians. If you're one of those Christians that believes that dinosaurs aren't real or Look, they this were. this is 2,000. It's a small percentage of yeah, Christians who are yeah. just fucking ignorant. I just, look, thanks for Jim McPike for dropping the mic. And I was that was really cool to learn about that. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we take a quick break here is, uh, remember we uh, discussed that Tim Miller was working on possibly a Kitty Pride solo film back in January? Yeah. It was a rumor. Well, it's been confirmed. And not only is he working on a solo movie, it's going to be called Project 143. Uh, 20th Century Fox has hired Brian Michael Bendis to develop the script for Tim Miller to direct. Tim Miller did the first Deadpool movie. 
So they're saying it's shrouded in secrecy and it has the title 143. Now, why we think this is the Kitty Pride solo movie, I will put this in the show notes also. The cover of X-Men 143 uh, is a story. It's a Christmas story, a standalone story about Kitty Pride, who's Jewish. Uh, she's left alone in the X-Mansion while all the other X-Men go off to celebrate Christmas. And there's like an alien from another dimension is there for some reason. And it's kind of like a ripoff of the aliens movie. And it's just like this fun. I remember reading this. It's a fun little uh, standalone adventure of uh, her first full appearance in the X-Men rugs. Do you have you read this Uh, a long time ago? But it just think it's funny that a woman that is intangible is afraid of anything. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. He'll just face. She could just face through it. What's the What's the problem? You can just sit there and watch TV and not even be bothered by it. But what do you think? <laughs> so they've also they've confirmed that they are going to base uh, some or part of the movie off this story. Like they're gonna take a like a thirty page comic. That's really uh, you can't. I don't know if you could pad it. You could pad it out for two hours. No, a thirty page comic. Maybe you can make it into like a part forty of the page script. And is this going to be like kind of like a horror vibe, like Aliens meets X-Men uh, with her running around the X-Mansion? Will there be any other X-Men? Uh, also, the reason this works is like when you were reading this, you met Kitty Pride here and there. And it you kind like of had Home a- Alone, where she like puts yes. marbles on the floor. Yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> She's swinging paint cans at this fucking alien monster. Yeah. What do you think? You think Talks this- to Donald Trump in the park. <laughs> the scary man. Yeah. I made my family disappear. Uh, what do you think of this idea for a solo Kitty Pride movie? I mean, uh, I don't know. Is it necessary? I don't think. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. look, if they cast like a cool chick as Kitty Pride and they do something fun with her, like, and they make it an enjoyable film, like, yeah. it could be fun. But like, I don't. This is not what I'm like. Uh, what was that? Sorry, ignore that. Oh, um, it's not. It's, I'm dis. It's distracting. <laughs> what are you gonna touch your lights? I'm gonna come there, and move your lights. It's not fucking professional, mate. <laughs> I wish I had that soundboard. Yeah, we gotta get that one on there. We have something for Anthony. What was that? Do you have that? that clip? No, I don't have it loaded up yet. Oh, and he's shit. not here. You're gonna have oh. to wait. Oh, that would have been the perfect time to play it. It would have been. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> we have uh, to tell a sex story. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, what are they saying? I got distracted. Kitty Pride running around the X Mansion. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying it's not the thing that like I, I'm clamoring for. Like where I'm like, oh, I want to see this. I, I'd rather see Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah. I'd rather see like uh, some legit like X Men story. You know, like even like the Genosha shit. You know, or with, with with Magneto in charge and then the, the Brotherhood and all that stuff. That would be cool. Plus, do um, you use Ellen Page? Do you recast her? No, fuck Ellen Page. Sorry, I'm done with her. <laughs> You're done with her. It's Kitty Pride. Yeah, it's time for new new blood. I do like that they're trying to bring like another female centric led movie. Like that's smart, I guess. Uh, I just I don't know how you pad out this story. It's really it only works sequentially in the course of the X Men while you're reading it. Uh, is why it's a nice standalone story. So uh, I thought that was interesting uh, that they're right. going they're going with this. Speaking of Bendis, uh, he left Marvel for DC. We've talked about that. Uh, he is going to write Superman comics for DC. Geek boner. He's starting on action. He's going to go to Superman. Would you want to read a super Brian Michael Bendis Superman comic book, Rux? I think that I might get the collected edition. Yeah. But as I just 
I don't read super superhero comics anymore. Really, unless it's like, like the <laughs> this is embarrassing. The last thing that I bought superhero wise, if yeah. Batman even counts as a superhero, yeah, he's a is uh, the the Dark Knight Frank Miller thing that he did, did I with. Still, uh, I still, ha- I don't think I've read the last issue of that, and it's I have to go back and read all of it because it took so long to get out. Yeah, I that's was, the last thing I bought. It was really. all right. It was all right. Uh, uh, Master Race. I yeah, the Master Race, Dark Knight Three. Uh, I heard also Bendis passed up Batman and chose Superman to write for DC, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, who gives a shit anymore? About <laughs> he, look, he gave us Ultimate. He gave us so many great things at his tenure at Marvel. Well, listen, like Ultimate Spider-Man, it was cool. Yeah, and it gave us Miles Morales. Yeah, and it told like it did a great relationship. Uh, like Dawson's Creek shit with like uh, with uh, him and MJ, mm-hmm. which was like pretty cool and it rivaled what was done in the comics. I think the drama and that it was one of the great things about it was like a hundred issue run that was um, written by the same guy and drawn the same, by Mark Bagley dra- the whole time. By the same yeah. artist. And yeah. It was like this continuous running story. And that in itself is beautiful. And then the so, balls to kill that Peter Parker in that universe. Yeah. And end it. Like, who and does that? And then hand off the torch. Yeah. And now you have Miles Morales as the only Spider-Man. Except, I think, Peter came back. It was a clone. There was some fucking weird shit. But now all the universes are merged. Who knows what the fuck's going on? I still read uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, until Dan Slott is done. <laughs> and I still read Ultimate. I uh, might start reading it after he's gone. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see who's next. I don't think the next guy is going to be the best guy. I think the guy after the him. Guy after, yeah. They, they might. I feel like the they transitional should, guy always blows. Well, they should float a couple of people, try them out, and then, you know, find someone who, who nails it. Who give me really a call, it. Marvel. Yes, Marvel, give Rugboy a I'll call. I'll kill that shit. You can contact him on Twitter at I'll really wipe Rugboy. the slate clean. <laughs> we'll start we'll over. We'll go back before the clone saga. And then we'll fucking wipe everything in the toilet. I will retcon. We'll st- look, if you could retcon the entire I'll 90s for me. I'll retcon the whole fucking shit. I'll fucking get the Beyonder in there. And, uh, oh, we'll, the Secret Wars it again. Start over with the Black Symbiote. None of this Either happened. that or we'll just do like some kind of like reality stone shit. We'll fucking wipe it clean. It just branches off into its own uh, another universe, another dimension. Yeah. Call him, Marvel. He's got good ideas. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play some promos. And we will return. It's not just any day. It's Mr. Throwback Thursday. Hey, this is Jamie. And this is Bill, and we are the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real? We do, and we talk about it every Thursday. You can check out Woo News, One and Done, Record of the Week, and a whole lot more. That's Mr. Throwback Thursday, keeping it classic on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HighVoltageRadio.com. And always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Do you like superheroes? Do you like movies, television shows, and comic books? Do you like listening to a guy rant about these things for hours on end? Well, then you're in luck, because you need to check out Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape. Featuring me, Scott James Meridew, we'll be talking about a variety of geek and nerdy issues, joined each week by a rotating panel of guests that will try to contain me. Jokes on them, I cannot be contained. 
So please join us on Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape, where superheroes go to relax. But I never do. Cue the music! fan of movies or comics or video games or just anything else nerdy well you should check out the zing Zing this This podcast Podcast. and that's spelled z-e-n-g this and you can find us every monday and we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies as well as video game discussions Mm mm-hmm Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie? Well, Podbean, of course. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah. So check us out. Once again, that is Zing, Zing This. Listener, I can't thank you enough for joining us every week, for fitting us into your routine, whether you're uh, walking the dog. Routine. A routine. Whether you're ro, it's like protein, but not with the P. <laughs> I meant to say it's peeless. It's peeless routine. Routine. We know people. You're stacking beers, or you're you're drawing, or you're in the gym. Uh, you're walking your dog. We love that you listen to us. If you want more show, if you are enjoying the show, want more show. May I suggest our lovely fan club at jogginer.com slash Patreon? Yeah, you get like hours more of show. Hours, hours of extra bonus content. When you sign up for any amount of money you want to donate to the show out of your goodwill, on a monthly basis, you get access to an RSS feed with a whole other podcast. It's like you'll have a second podcast just for I our know. patrons. People are like, why don't you guys do three podcasts? We'll just get the fucking Patreon. We're kind of doing uh, too. Season. It's extra. If you've ever thought like, I wish, I wish, like Dope Pope told us last week, he wished we did two shows a week. Well, sign up for the Patreon and you get a little hit in the middle of the week. Uh, and, and I have a great testimonial coming from our latest patron, the latest person to join the fan club. Thank you so much to listener Blake Braden. Talking nerd. Who, who's, I see you, Blake. He's very active in the group. He's always posting and commenting. I love it. Blake is enjoying right now Anthony's instant reaction to the Black Panther movie before our review. So if you want to know what I thought, Rugs, you send me one when you see it before uh, our review. To do it. I know you always forget. I need one from the Rug Boy. The patrons want it. But ahead of our review, if you want to know what we thought, instant reactions, walk out of the theater. We fire up our voice memo app, record. Uh, our thoughts for a couple of minutes and it goes right to you. There's also bonus episodes with Dope Pope and then there's a great clip rugs. Remember we were waiting for Anthony. We were talking about uh, making a Godzilla sex doll. Yes. That was great. That's up there. I talked to myself for like five minutes. (laughs) That's in there also. I think I left all that in. Uh, That was the other clip. Yeah. So lots of fun stuff to be had. Uh, Blake wrote in. I want to share an email because this is great testimonial for our Patreon and for the show, and I love Blake. He says, hi, Anthony Imran. He didn't put your name in, Rugs. I'm sure he met I you. I always get fucked over I think Rugboy is an implied. Hi, Anthony Imran. Huge fan of your show. I first started listening to your podcast on Spotify around episode 187, What the Fuck Happened to Daredevil. I am a collegiate recruiter for a swim program in Indiana, 
So I'm on the road four to five days a week and constantly get bored with various sports or news podcasts. I randomly typed in comic podcast and yours was the first to pop up. Nerd. Proud to say I'm glad I ventured out and found you guys. You make my commutes a little less boring. Just started as a Patreon subscriber. Thank you, Blake. And we'll continue to support you guys. Thought I would only be receiving small clips from each show, but no... I was ecstatic to see that your post shows are almost just as long as your regular shows. Just a little more craziness in my life to dull the boredom of traveling alongside cornfields in Indiana. Keep up the amazing shows. You have a listener for life. Blake Braden. Oh, my God. Geek boner. You give me geek boner, Blake Braden. Yeah, Thank I got to take points off for not mentioning me, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll deduct half a point on form, but he'll make it up at the bottom yes. of the ski hill. He makes it up with the Patreon. Ah, right, so check out the fan club. Look, Blake just told you how awesome it is. Jockinner.com slash Patreon. Let's continue with this piece of news that uh, I thought was interesting. Months after Justice League com- comes out, months after the whole crazy story from Polygon, new reports say that Zack Snyder was fired oh, shit. from Justice League months before he publicly shared that he was no longer involved in with the project. Entertainment reporter Josh Dickey is leaving the industry and tweeted a series of links with some context about his time there. One of his claims was that Snyder didn't leave the project voluntarily, but was instead fired from the film, according to unnamed sources. Uh, Rugs, look, everyone knows how we feel about the Zack Snyder, but how shitty is it that he got fired and then like his daughter commits suicide and he has to go through that? And, and I he think, got fired before it? I think he did. <laughs> wow. Uh, also, uh, w- remember there was those quotes that Snyder's rough cut of the movie was unwatchable? Right. I think this is when he got fired because of that. Oh, shit. And I think the sensitive nature of the Snyder family tragedy probably played a huge part in keeping the story from getting out. But goddamn, that's going through some shitty shit professionally and personally. All at the same time. Well, I think that he should have gotten fired after Batman versus Superman. Correct. If you that would have been the smart move to if make. You, but he must have been like so deep in production that they were like, just uh, let him finish it. Uh, we need our bonus. Yeah, a whole it was a a whole series of error and uh, comedy of errors leading up to this Frankenstein movie. Right, which wasn't terrible, by the it way. It wasn't, and now it's coming out on Blu-ray, and I saw, like, they, they confirmed some of the bonus clips. They confirmed that Alfred, that Alfred scene where he's like, he told me you come. That was Superman. <laughs> that was right. Superman coming to find out what the fuck's going on. Right. Uh, and then there were some other storyboards from Zack where uh, there was an apoc- uh, uh, dark side scene. Uh, so... I don't there know. is an extended version. Well, I think there's deleted scenes and oh. clips that are going to be on there. I don't think they fixed his lip. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Wouldn't you take a little bit of time, fix the lip, and then uh, uh, fire out this DVD? I, I think they could, using that guy's technology yeah. with the, the porn technology, the use porn the, fake the technology. Deep fake AI fakes. They've put Nicolas Cage in every movie. Just fix his mustache. It's not hard. I, you know, the movie isn't going to win any awards. I'll tell you what Justice League movie will win awards. It's the Justice League porn parody. Oh, shit. It's called Justice League Triple X, an Axel Braun parody 
It became the most awarded feature at the 35, 35th annual Adult Video News this? Awards. Was this? Did they broadcast this like on cable? Can somebody watch the AVN Awards? I don't know. I mean, no, they, they used to do it like on some cable channel. I don't know, but Skinamax, I don't know. I would love to watch like the red carpet at the AVN Awards. I bet it's just fantastic. Uh, the the poor. Just, the, just look at what's the AVN Awards. Just look at Trump's roster. You know. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Stormy Daniels. Uh, the Justice League parody won six major trophies: best director, best special effects, best makeup, best art direction, best marketing campaign. And bronze eighth consecutive best parody. How award. hard is that to do to win the best effects? You just have to have effects in your movie. <laughs> what kind of effects are in this Justice League for it? Anything. It doesn't this- matter. Just like anything besides just like I mean, what effects are they talking about? I, it's like, a little bit of like, a- like what are or, they doing? It's like some guy, some kid in his room with After Effects added a little bit of fucking uh, <laughs> green screening and uh, face tracking. I don't know. What if, I have? <laughs> what if it's better than Justice League? <laughs> you know what? I think it, it won six awards. Uh, Justice League did one shit. It may be better than the actual Justice League movie. Uh, somebody watch it and send us a review. Let us know if there was good character development and quality sets and how's the lighting. That's what I really right. want to know. How's the lighting and the gaffing and the grip? The grip work. What a great gaffer. That's the best gaffer I've seen. The great gaspy. <laughs> great gaspy. Uh, sticking with some Batman uh, DC shit. Have you seen... The uh, a second trailer for Batman Ninja, the English trailer. Did I tell you I saw Gotham by Gaslight? Oh, you did, Rugs. Give me a, a quick rugdown. Here, hold on. Here's the rugdown. I enjoyed it. Okay, good. Well said. It was, it was a good quality uh, little romp there. Did they do justice to the comic and the story? You want to know something? I haven't read it in mm. years, so I have no idea. So that probably I helped. just remember what the premise was, which was Batman was taken down... Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. I can be. I'll be completely honest. With you. I don't remember what the exact ins and outs of the story were, but I and I remember I was enthralled watching it. And I thought it was pretty cool. I also well don't remember the book. I've read it a long time ago. I don't remember what happens. I remember the Mike Mignola artwork. Did they try? Do you to... remember the twist at the end? Was there a twist at the end? No, I don't. Rem- the... oh, I don't. I don't remember. See, I don't, I don't, I don't remember either. So it'll be good to watch. It'll completely, it'll be like reading it again. Did they try? So did they try to do like a Mignola? No, effect? I mean, there is like, I mean, there's a Mignola-esque quality to like some of the drawings and yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, like they never really lean that hard into it. They always like kind of like, they kind of just, you know, dip their toe in it. Just like they did with the, with the, uh, with the, the all-star Superman one, it was oh, like right. kind of it. It's right. kind of looking like the Batman year one. It was kind of like, like, yeah, like uh, Mazzuchelli. Yeah. And even the, the Dark Knight kind of, I, but I thought those were successful in trying to mimic the style. But they still honestly. like, they never get those heavy blacks in no, there. No, they don't. No. Yeah. Well, they don't do the Mignola heavy blacks. They're, just, not, I, they're not with that for some reason. I just think that production wise, like there's probably not enough time or money to actually do it in a, an efficient fashion. I don't know. I think I'd like to see those heavy blacks and some line weight. But you would recommend like it? Good good watch. I enjoyed it. It was one of the better Batman things I've seen. Right on. I'm gonna I gotta watch that. Uh did you see this Batman Ninja trailer? That's in English. Yeah, I saw it. Uh this dude, this looks pretty sick. This I'm is- a little bit uh, I'm a little bit trepidatious about it because of the frame rate. 
Oh, you Seems have problems deal- with these frame rapes in these movies lately. Because I see it. They just, I, I'm sorry. I it's, fucking it's, noticed is it. it. So is this like a trend? Like, do you have movies? TV set for Cinemotion or whatever that no, bullshit I don't, is? No, I don't think so. Fucking, that will probably smooth it out. But like, so you might not notice it in these oh. things. But if you have it, I have mine turned off because I like to see the frame rate, the, the proper frame rate it was filmed in. And I want to see the judder if there's judder there. That way I can like make fun of it. So um, I see. Yes, because otherwise it looks like a fucking soap opera. So uh, I noticed some juddering in this, and so I was like a little bit taken aback by it. But other than that, it looks fucking badass. Right? It looks badass. I like uh, you get a little bit of the story. Like, I guess he just got transported there, and he's like, oh, I'm in feudal Japan, and the Joker wants to kill everyone. Uh, and you have, like, the extended Bat family. And uh, voicing the Joker, I thought this was interesting, is Tony Hale in the English version. Tony Hale, who played Job in Arrested Development, and he's on Veep. He's like the 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 bald uh, assistant to uh, what's your face? Right. Yeah. He's doing the Joker, and it sounds pretty good. And then Roger Craig Smith, I don't know who that is. He's voicing Batman in the English version, but no idea. Yeah, no idea. But goddamn, it looks sick. I love this. Much like the Gotham by Gaslight, it's like Batman in uh, you know uh, uh, that another period. In another period, this is Batman in feudal Japan. It looks amazing. I'm going to check it out. I, if, as soon as it becomes available, I'm, I'm getting into that shit. It will be on digital and Blu-ray. Uh, it doesn't have a date here. I don't know when. It said already it should be out soon. Oh. It might be coming out this Tuesday. That leads into another trailer that I just, I put this in last minute today. It's there's a, a new trailer? Uh, for the Pacific Rim Uprising. There is a, there's a new trailer. There's a new trailer. It's an IMAX trailer. Before you click it, though, Rugs. It seems very spoilery. Like, I think they gave away a lot of the movie in this trailer. Then I won't watch. Uh, But watching this trailer got me more excited. I was like, okay, yeah, Pacific Rim. What they showed in here, it it worked on me. And I think what they were doing is they were just yelling at people, be like, oh, there's this movie coming. This is why you should watch it. And yeah, it showed a lot, but it worked on me. I was like, holy shit. Well, I'm already going to... Go to so you're already on board. I I don't need to be convinced. And this is coming out very soon, March 23rd. So for them to put out this trailer with all this footage, this lane is very interesting. I think they think the movie's gonna suck. Maybe isn't this why you would do this? I don't know. It's a very desperate push in this marketing to get people to see this movie, which leads me to believe a they think it's not good. Or B, they think there's no awareness and it's well, getting that, swallowed. That up. Uh, that article that came out saying it was going to make dog shit money. Yes, that's that right. Probably scared them. Yeah, they said it's not. It's not even going to make what the first movie made at all. Listen, um, it might not, but I think they. If they, I'm glad that they made it. So this is what I recommend for the listener: if you're already on board and you're a kaiju fan, you're going to go see this. Don't watch this trailer. If you are kind of like me, you're like, I like the first movie and. Uh, this seems okay. I wasn't sold so far. Watch this trailer, because then you're going to be like, oh, shit. okay, I'm in now, and I'm totally in for this movie now. Hopefully, <laughs> there's not a lot of character development. Now that development. you've seen the entire movie, you're they down. They pretty much show me the movie. I'm going to go watch the trailer. I would like a surprise, In the extended least. form. <laughs> Hopefully, they save something, because, man, they showed me a lot. I was like, this has got to be the whole movie. Like, what else is there? You just showed me everything. I mean, that's the problem. They show you too much of the movie, and you go home there, you're underwhelmed. That's a good point. In this case, though, I needed to be sold a little bit more uh, with this movie. And now, 
Like I will go opening weekend because it looks sick and uh, it's going to be swallowed up by all these other movies. So anywho, here's some interesting things about Sony pictures. We've talked about how Sony seemed to be struggling, how they've actually have thought about selling their whole movie division. Uh, right, Rugs? At several times. Yeah, that's the new move everybody's doing. Man. Everyone's like, we're just going to sell. They got nothing. But here is an instance when Sony is spending money. Sony Pictures, uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment is now formally making comic conventions a part of the movie development process by teaming with Wizard World. Oh, shit. One of the largest producers of pop culture fan expos. Sony and Wizard World will work jointly uh, to jointly discover new talent from across Wizard World's numerous conventions around the country, optioning their work to incubate and develop these stories into various media. Basically, they're looking for IP, and someone at Sony maybe finally got smart. Uh, Jeffrey Godsick, who's going to oversee, oversee this relationship for the studio, said, you're not necessarily sure where the next great IP is going to come from. When you go to an artist's alley or see the booths, you realize there's a lot of good work out there. Wizard World has a credibility in that world, and with their help, we all have access and insight that is rare. Or you could just contact me. Or call Rugboy. <laughs> Isn't this a crazy move, though, Rugs? Sony to just Listen, like, team they, up with they're, Wizard they're World. Grasping that str- I think what they're trying to do is get fucking some ideas on the cheap. Oh, maybe seeing the crowdsource stuff and, 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 and get some. And so for these people, because you know the people in Artist Alley. Yeah. Sony walks it. up to them. They're going to give them $30,000. Yes. They're going to jump at anything. They're like, holy shit. Sony pictures wants to buy my thing and possibly ruin it or make it huge. I don't know. Here you go. You can do whatever you want with my life's hard work. Yeah. That's tricky. But I mean, that this is the, the honest truth is like, let's say you're an independent dude putting out a comic you're making a small return. Yes. You're barely getting your money back. Yep, if that. So if someone wants to fucking option your shit, you're gonna take if it. they give you like a measly 50 grand, you're going to take it. That's, all you're, that's the most you're going to ever see unless the shit blows up. And the only way it's going to blow up is with a movie. So you're kind of screwed. You got to be able to, though, when you come to that negotiating table, you should be like, listen, you got to negotiate something for yourself. That's all. You got to negotiate like back end points because really they could Something. take they could take your thing and turn it into a, a a billion dollar franchise easily. Yeah, it's possible, but it's Sony. <laughs> How good are they with these franchises? I do think it is. Well, it does reeks of desperation a little bit in terms one of, of the finding things something. With Sony is that they screwed the pooch with Spider Man. Yeah, I don't think that it makes them horrible people because they made Spider Man one and two, which are very good movies. They're excellent for their time. Yes. For their time, yes. So, um, and they made a bunch of other great movies. They're under the gun because Marvel's buying all their shit back. Marvel's got some clout now. Marvel is the big boy now, so they they're like playing second banana or third banana or fourth banana to to all this IP. So they're 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 struggling to get some. It's very interesting because you're right because they you know now with all the money that Homecoming's probably bringing in, uh, they Disney were like, has it all. Disney has it all. Star Wars, yeah, everything. And so, and so they're like, we were gonna sell, but maybe we can float this and may, let's let's just team up with the interesting thing about Wizard World is that is where they hold conventions. It's not your your coastal cities. They have conventions in Cleveland, in Des Moines, Iowa, Oklahoma City, Madison, Wisconsin. They're going to do a convention in Peoria this year. So this is a different set of talent that is going to be in Los Angeles 
uh, that they probably see all the time. These are completely green people who could get took. Yes, they could get took so easily. They're marked. Sony is just going in to just rip people off. So, okay, this next story. Just call me. Yeah, call Rugboy. Rugboy has great ideas, and he will work out a great deal with yeah, you, Sony. Yeah, give me $10 million. At, for anything. You can have it all. At really give every, I give you everything. <laughs> Just hit it. Follow at really Rugboy on you, Twitter. Yeah, I'll give you the Bible. $10 million, you can have the rights to Rugboy's life and blow it out. Make it a blockbuster Dude, the franchise. cartoon would be fucking insane. Just think of the cartoons, the toys. Uh, the toys alone, you will make your money back. So. Anatomically correct yes. and incorrect. Yes. And <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. Sony, do it. But look, check out this next story because this kind of... All ties into where Sony's head was, where it is, what, you know, maybe they don't know what they're doing. Uh, there's an excerpt from a Wall Street Journal journal writer, Ben Fritz's upcoming book. It's called The Big Picture, The Fight for the Future of Movies. This bo- In this book, Ben reveals that before Sony acquired film rights to Spider-Man, Marvel Entertainment offered the studio every character, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Thor, Captain America, for $25 million. Oh, shit. Yer Landau, who at the time was in charge of securing film rights, sent the offer up the chain at Sony, only for it to be immediately shot down. Quote, nobody gives a shit about any of the other Marvel characters. Go back and do a deal for only Spider-Man. Uh, Holy shit. That guy's an idiot. They had uh, a chance... To buy and what? Look, Disney paid four billion dollars for Marvel Studios, and it's netted them like thirteen and a half billion dollars so far. Do you so think that was a bad move? Do you? But this was <laughs> back in uh, the late nineties. Do you think at that time they probably didn't see any value in any other character except for Spider Man? You know, but do you think they're kicking That's themselves now? It is. That's it is. It is. And even with Spider-Man, Sony had rights to 900 characters in the Spider-Man universe. What have they done with any of that? The only person that really had, the only people that had vision to do something like Avengers and create a universe is Marvel. All the other movie studios are so short-sighted and looking for the easy buck. Yeah. One film turn around and maybe make a sequel if that one does well. They're not thinking the long game. Like, how do we set up something that we're going to indoctrinate? Like, the Disney is in the indoctrinating business. Disney right? gets you from when you are an infant yes. throughout your whole life into adulthood. Yes. They're thinking about what the fuck are we going to give this kid when she, when she, when she's like five years old, and then what are we going to do when we give this kid when she's ten? Yes, every then, every stage of life. Yes, yes. So. They're they they've got this shit on lockdown. Sony is so myopic Very, in their that view. Is, that is exactly the right word, and they're probably fucking kicking themselves now. And so it's, the only yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only company that could do this was something like Disney Marvel. Well, it all started with the independent Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige pushing for this. There's another great story that in 2014, after Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now, the story I've heard with two different people, either Ike Perlmutter, Marvel CEO, or Kevin Feige, one of them met with the then Sony motion picture chief Amy Pascal in the summer of 2014 for lunch to discuss the idea of Marvel producing the next Spider-Man film. Offended, Pascal jokingly told him to get the fuck out and threw her sandwich at him. Oh, shit. That happened. She's a crazy woman. Yeah, well. Continuing to fuck up good things. (laughs) 
But man, look at the place Sony is in now. And like, I think I'm glad they passed because they would have probably ruined the whole fucking well, When this whole temple bullshit t- finally topples over yeah. and gets old, like, then, you know. I don't know. I'm, we'll I, talk. You know, based on what, how Black Panther does, like, I feel like Marvel can break through this temple thing. and Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. They need, like, Black Panther is a marketing, like, you know, orgy. Yeah. It's like, okay, we have a demographic that we can kind of exploit in a way that we could, just like with Wonder Woman, like they got a lot of hype behind Wonder Woman because it was like this woman thing. Yep. Let, let's, let's, let's get into that. Let's tap into that whole zeitgeist of people wanting to see this. Let's, so they're going to be able to, they're going to do this. I think they're going to do these kind of like milestone movies. Yeah. And that'll be exciting. But after they've, tapped all that out like people are gonna the the fatigue is gonna set in uh like that the hype fatigue is gonna definitely set in i mean for me mcu has not i have not grown weary i am not fatigued still it's not star wars maybe a little bit too much already this keep it coming i'm good everything's cool (laughs) i don't care uh uh, last yeah, thing, you're like yeah. you're like the nerd of nerds yes i'm talking about like average mainstream audience yeah yeah, mainstream people will eventually get tired of the same shit over and over again. But I think Fizy Fy- like, is smart. Women, yeah, yeah, we're not into this. They're not gonna want to go to their with their boyfriend to see yet another Marvel movie. That's a good point. They're probably already, yeah, doing that. They, you know, but they had Wonder Woman to even it out. Yeah, well, that's yeah. one. And then you'll have Captain Marvel. There's another one. I still think that there's, it's not a majority. Of uh, just like there's not a majority of men that like comic book movies, it seems like there is, but it's really not. Yeah, like just jocks that don't give a fuck about things. There's people who don't give a fuck about good point comic book movies. So there's uh, just like so it's like you know it's it's it is a niche thing to a certain degree, even though it's mainstream as fuck. Listen, but this Black Panther, the love is, of it, the yeah. nerd, the nerdness yeah. of it is is unique. This Black Panther has gone it's gone wide. It's gone wide. It's gone super mainstream. And it's just amazing to see people who wouldn't, you know, be into this, get excited for this. Like, I, I just can't wait to see what happens as this plays out. And hopefully you can hold. What do you think? What do you think that uh, predict what the, the climate is going to be after this? Like, how is it going to change things? I, I mean, it is the most important movie <laughs> ever coming out. It's pretty important, Rux. So do you think. What's going to happen? Like, it's going to spawn. Obviously, it's going to spawn sequels. It's going to inspire a whole generation of kids to check out comic books, to be heroes, to have a, a role model. To uh, you think this is going to sell Marvel comics? I don't think it's going to sell comics. No. <laughs> Nothing so sells why comics. are you saying that? I, I'm hoping it'll turn to people. You're lying to yourself and saying that. Uh, it's hard to sell comics these days. Like, do you think that anybody who's watching Black Lightning is going to go run out and buy a Black Lightning comic book? Maybe I like, like Black Lightning. Good music on that show. Right, no, but I'm they just don't, saying, uh, do they how, even, does that translate to comic sales? Do they even make Black Lightning comic books right now? I guarantee you it'll sell some action figures. Those action figures are going to make, like, little kids are going to want action it figures. It may sell trade paperbacks. Yeah. Mm. Nobody wants to read. <laughs> nobody does want to read. Nobody cares about art. <laughs> it, nobody does, Imran. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's gone. It's a shame. It's a like, shame. Like, why would I want to read it if I could see it in a movie? But this I'll was just wait and see it in a movie. with passion and care by I'll hand. I'll watch the cartoon if it's on. For you. Probably. This is drawn for you by someone's hand. 
insignificant. I just hope Black Panther can hold like the number one spot in the, for a couple of weeks. It could, uh, it's gonna, uh, it could easily make 800, 900 million its whole run. Easily. It could, and it easily. should. And it should. So. Last real quick piece of news, and then we're going to move on to some TV shows. Uh, just a follow-up from last week, where I was very excited, or uh, two shows ago, where I talked about the Greatest American Hero reboot, where they're rebooting uh, this campy 80s show with an Indian-American woman, and they've cast the lead, and it's Hannah Simone, who you may know her from New Girl. She plays Cece on New Girl. Right. And she's great. Great comedic chops. I think I think this is gonna be a really good show. I'm excited. She seems a little old. You know. She could play she could play it down. She's uh very attractive also. Yep. She, absolutely. She is half Indian. I think I believe her father is Indian. Her mother's like European mix. Okay. Uh, so it and it's great. We're gonna see Indian uh American immigrant family and uh her get some power. So uh excited for that reboot, whatever comes out. Greatest American hero. Check it out. That's all. Enough of that. The millennials don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So it'll be new to you. Okay, rugs. Uh, I wanted to do a here's what's good section. Uh, talking about some TV, recommending some shit. This next segment is dedicated to listener Jimmy the Geek uh, because he wanted us. I want to give him a couple minutes on the season five Agents of Shield mid season break and kind of the the season where it is in that last episode before the Olympics was. It was a little fucking nuts, Rugs. Do you watch this, right? Uh, Ages of Shield. Yeah, yeah, I watched the last episode. So, what do you think about this season so far? A season where the Earth is destroyed. We got Fitz sleeping his way into the future. We got more Inhumans. Uh, lots of death. We got our, our our Agents of Shield members kicking ass against the Kree. What do you think of Cassius? Does he make a good villain for the yeah, show? He's all right. I mean, I like the fact that he's like the younger brother that uh, gets stepped, yeah, uh, yeah passed yeah. over, yeah. and uh, he's trying to he's, impress his father. Yeah, but you never see his father. No, who is his father? And that and that bothers me because, like, all right, like he's like this this presence that's talked about. And, is it Thanos? No, and I don't know. It's really ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it's that. Uh, but you know. I didn't really feel like he was imposing or even smarter than anybody else or even he more was a like, little snot. He was just a little pompous. Yeah, snot, he which was kind of funny. It's kind of fun. He just had like a lot of um, resources. I That's love I uh, Sin- Sinara, that girl. She's fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, and she got a pipe through the stuff. Oh, uh, spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. For people, if you haven't caught up, sorry. Yeah, she gets ice. She's got a fucking, Daisy gives her a pipe embedded through the chest. Uh, a lot of our heroes can't use their powers. Uh, but, man, that let's, fo- let's talk about that last episode. Because there was some crazy shit in the mid-season break. Uh, starting with, Cassius says he has a seer. Look, we had that girl Robin who they did a thing from Lost, right? Where they were showing the they were showing flash forwards, but it was in the past, but it was it was in the future for the characters. Is that right. what that's what was going on, right? I was a little confused. Yeah. So they showed him when they went back to Earth and the little girl Robin is there and Robin is there in the present time as an old woman giving cryptic messages and Cassius is like I have a seer. Also, and I was like, oh shit, who is the seer? Who did you think the seer was going to be, Rugs? Did you have any guesses? I had no idea. Right? I was like, who the fuck is it? The seer turns out to be Yo-Yo from the future, but she has no arms. Oh shit. 
That was fucking disturbing. Wouldn't you cut her legs off? Right. I don't understand why she could. Yeah, because she can run fast back and forth. I don't understand. So he had been torturing her, killing her, and reviving her over and over again. Right. From the future to find out what was going to happen. And wow, that was fucking a little disturbing. Like, why did he cut her arms off? I, I don't know, but that creeped the shit out of me. I just noticed from that first time I ever noticed it that Yo-Yo's eyes, like one is kind of different than the other. Oh, really? Yeah, and it started to bug me for some reason. I did not. I was focusing on Yo-Yo like <laughs> so much. I was like, look, I was like looking at her face. I'm like, oh, her eyes kind of like. Is it like a lazy eye? No. No, it's just like one is a different shape almost. Whoa. Yeah. So, Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. I loved uh, I loved Fitz when he beheaded all those Kree with his one little booby trap. Yeah, that, that was cool. That was badass. Uh, so they they have this guy Flint who controls rocks, and they need the portal. They need that Cree monolith to to send them back, and he has to put it together. Everything's got to be timed. Uh, fucking Deke and Enoch sacrifice themselves. They die. Cassius fights Matt. Cassius kills the the future Yo Yo in front of Mac. Mac doesn't know it's the future Yo Yo. And then they go at it. He, that black goo shit coming out of his mouth. That was pretty dope. And I love seeing Mac with his shotgun axe. It's a great weapon. Yeah. Mac was pretty badass during this whole thing. Mac was bad. I just, I was like, he thought he just saw Yo-Yo die. And then she shows up. Uh, it was crazy. So the main thing being, Colson, future Yo-Yo says, Colson is dying. And you have to let him die to stop this. Otherwise, it's going to happen over and over again. You are going to destroy the Earth. I don't know. This shit was like too much of a mind fuck for me. Right? It was crazy. Colson. Like, I want to get immersed into a story where I, 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 you know, it's this. I liked kind of like some of it, but like overall, I, I didn't think this was, this was the strongest season for me. So far, you're not digging this uh, first half of season five? No, I'm just, I really don't like, I mean, I really don't like a lot of it. I mean, not that it, this is, I don't like the plot or what's happening. I like watching it unfold because they, the actors are all, all in and they're doing their best and it's shot well and yeah, everything. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't like where the story's going, but I'm watching it anyway because of the performances and you know, the quality of the show is very good. I'll agree. The quality has gotten better and I'm in because I, I honestly like the whole time, like I have no idea where this is going. Like, so I'm just, I need to find out the resolution, uh, what the fuck is going on. And it appears like right. they make it back in time at the very end, because in the promos for next week, when it comes back, they are back on earth. And, uh, it, it'll be interesting because Daisy didn't want to go back. She's like, if I go back, I'm going to end up destroying the earth. I'm not going back. And fucking Colson just ices her. When I used to be X-Men. Yeah. I would go, oh, this is one of those cockamamie X-Men that doesn't make any fucking sense, right. and I would skip it. Right. This is like kind of like what I want to do with this. <laughs> the whole season? This is one of those cockamamie seasons where I, it's all fucking I, I, fucked so up. So I think the back half may connect a lot of things, because I've read, I think what's going to happen, the Coulson dying bit it is possibly tied into the deal he made with Ghost Rider. He's not going to die, though. Last we season. all know that. But he has to die to the, fix this. No, I think. Remember when he made that deal? He made the deal with Ghost Rider at the end of last season, and and they didn't really say what it was. We're like, what's what? He was, was going to take over the Spirit of Vengeance. I, yeah, I think him dying is part of that deal. Huh. Possibly, I think they may tie it in. Uh -huh. Colson is Ghost Rider, and he's going to ride around in his fucking. That'd be awesome. Let's jet do. Car. Let's do that. 
Sets on fire. So, and we're also uh, coming back. Crusher Creel, Absorbing Man, is going to be in the second half of season five, and they're approaching their hundredth episode, which they said is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Lots of shit happening. Look, if you like, if you like Agents of Shield, and you like uh, crazy shit, watch it. I still maintain this show got better every season, and it continues to to just be crazy. And I don't know about that. I think that last season was tough to beat. Last season and, was pretty uh, good. Yeah. You had the four story. At least you had the three story arcs and they'd separate it. This season is different in terms of scheduling because of the Inhumans. I think the Inhumans took out a lot of steam maybe for the Possibly. show. Possibly. For the show. And now people are like, I don't know. I'm still digging it. It's a, it was, it was a crazy. I mean, look, they got a lot of balls for doing this, yes. but at the same time, I just wasn't, I didn't love it. I didn't, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't love it. All right. All right, hang in there. We'll see how it ends. Uh, also, I don't think Deke is dead, actually completely dead. He, oh. he may be coming back. <laughs> I think he's one of their kids or grandkids. Oh. Like Fitz and Simmons' grandkid or something. There's some, he, there's some kind of, there's something like that they're leading up to. Hmm. But I don't know who it is. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm enjoying it. Uh, after the Olympics, it will be back for the remainder of season five. And man, if it gets a season six, that'll be crazy because this thing was so on the bubble at the end of last season. Uh, and then they were they were just like, no, make another season. And tell them, make another season again. I'm digging it. I mean, it's cool that they took the series out into space. Yeah, it's different. I just didn't like what they did with it out in space. I, I mean, I, the one thing I didn't like, I'll agree, a lot of the whole like learning about like working with the the, the guy and the slave traders and like, I don't even get why no, they're doing it. No, there. Why oh, are they? Earth is destroyed. Why even keep the humans alive? Make no fucking sense. Why even have this fucking place? It doesn't even make it. Yeah. Like, why does everyone have jobs? Like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't really it's understand. It's completely all stupid. Yeah. Like, I just, it was like, uh, why is this? It's pointless. Like, who cares? Like, well, the Kree came to help. Why wouldn't they just kill them all and fucking go do something more yeah, useful? Like, why? It's a waste of time. Also, just thinking about like the gravity of the earth. Like, how is there still gravity on, on that part of the earth that's remaining there's probably not gravity there's maybe that gravitonium thing that's still holding things together but like that thing shouldn't be sitting there and as a a slice they said the kid was gonna put together the earth again who flint was oh flint was supposed to do that yeah because he's the rock guy he controls rocks yeah oh shit i don't know yeah and they're still in the future so Eh, look, the one thing... Yeah, put the earth together without a molten core. See what happens. Yeah, see what happens. It'll be very cold. <laughs> That's the one thing the show's got going is I have no idea what they're, where it's going. And yeah, I'm, there's and I'm a lot of dubious things yeah. about this that I couldn't suspend my disbelief for. Like, I, I love to suspend my disbelief, but if it doesn't make sense to me and yeah. it's just really cockamamie, yeah. like, I can't get behind it. It's just what I, this is, what I said. It's a cockamamie story. So. <laughs> cockamamie is a great word. All right, let's move on. I want to mention a couple of TV shows I've been watching. And and some things on Netflix, real quick, turn you guys on to it. Rugs, have you heard of the show called The Shy? C H I. I've Showtime. heard of it. I've I've uh, I've seen uh, bits of it. Yes. Holy shit! It is amazing. Created by Lena Waithe, who is uh, the lesbian character on Master of None. Right. She and so she's kind of writing about her experiences. It all takes place in the South Side of Chicago. And unlike Shameless, when it's white people in the South Side of Chicago, oh, it's fun and goofy and there's comedy and slapstick. No, this is like real South Side of Chicago. Not as funny, but just as awesome and dramatic. Basically, it's all about like the cycle of violence, a turn of events 
in that that occurs in those neighborhoods. And this shit happens all the time. Like a kid will come across a body that just got shot. This kid grabs the kid's necklace and shoes. Later on, that that shot kid's father runs into this kid. He sees the necklace, shoots that kid. That kid's friend sees him get shot, goes tell his brother. His brother goes, finds the old man, shoots the old man, and on and on. And, like, this is the shit that happens. Guns are borrowed. They're lent. They disappear. It's it's This show is really good. Highly recommend you check it out. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. The Shy on the Showtime. Uh, this next one, Rugs, I think you watched this. Yes, I did. And, I enjoyed it. And I watched it, too. It is a Netflix-produced movie called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Why don't you tell the listener what it's about? It's basically about the guy, and I don't know his name. I wasn't prepared Doug for this. Doug Kenny. Doug Kenny, who was like the, the mastermind behind the National Lampoon. And he was like just snorting coke like, like a maniac. And uh, just doing shit that we can't do anymore, like being a complete asshole, lampooning the world, making fun of things, like you things that we can't do anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a different like, time. It was a time where you can just fucking just say shit to be funny, <laughs> yeah. and people understood it, but you can't do that anymore. So it's a, um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's not a documentary. It is a scripted uh, movie, and you got there was a documentary also. I kind of want to see that because I really love this. You have Will Forte playing Doug Kenny, who I heard is like was an awkward dude, and Will is an awkward dude, and nails this. Then you have Martin Mull as uh, the narrator, and man, you don't realize what a uh, important guy this was for comedy. Not only did he start the National Lampoons, he went on to do Animal House, Caddyshack, uh, the TV shows, the Lemmings, the live uh, improv stage shows, the brand of the Lampoons uh, exploded under him. Saturday Night Live. A lot of Saturday Night Live people came from the Lemmings. Uh, th- so you got like Joel McHale playing Chevy Chase and uh, people playing John Belushi and Gilda Radner. And it's so, the movie is great because uh, Martin Mull's character breaks the fourth wall, talks to the audience, and it's so self-aware. He'll fuck with you. He goes, he goes, I know these people don't look like the guys, but what are you going to do? It's a movie. Uh, but I did not know this guy's story, and uh, I really I really love learning about this, and I want to watch that documentary about National Lampoon. Yeah, I think it was it's great because uh, to me personally, I have a personal connection to National Lampoon. I grew up, one of my very good friends was his dad worked for the National Lampoon. Oh, shit, get out of here. And every, every time I went to his house, like, there was stacks and stacks National Lampoon magazine. Wow. And uh, I just, you know, like, and there's like tits in the- <laughs> Yeah, this is what's amazing. Like, think it, like, you could never, you can't even imagine what this is like. This is a time where you would buy a humor mag and there's just boobies and filth and stuff. Like, if you were a kid, you didn't want your parents to know you read this, but it was hilarious. It was, yeah, we would like sneak and read that shit. And I mean, and he had the, you know, he knew what he knew his audience, he knew the comedy of the time. And this guy was so important. The amount of important things that came out of National Lampoons, you cannot understate that. Right. And it's, and Doug and his partner, what was the other guy's name? Charlie? Uh, yeah. Who was the more of the sane one. They met at Harvard, and it started as the Harvard Lampoon. And then they just like, I'm going to make this magazine, humor magazine. And, they, and then and it went from there. And man, But the great. thing that was great is that I remember all those covers. I remember a lot of that yes, stuff. I remember were, a lot of the covers, too. They're iconic. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's like it was like a blast to like remember that time where there was a magazine that was like there was Mad Magazine. Yeah. There was 
There was the Lampoon. There was Cracked. There was a lot of magazines that were just critiquing society, making fun of it. And nobody took themselves too seriously. That was the peak of awesome humor mags and great artists, great humor writers. And they would go back and forth from Playboy to Lampoon to to, uh, Mad Magazine to Cracked. Everybody knew so. all the, all the all the writers and uh, man, it was it's some great shit. But like, God, you could not do any of that today. <laughs> no, it seems so you weird. Can't, you, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just think that humor is. I mean, did you watch the new Chris Rock? Uh, I have not watched that yet. But holy shit, Chris Rock! Like, when's the last time he's done anything? I think he saw Chappelle, and he's like, I gotta get back out there and like, get in. Chris this. Rock. Is was one of my favorite comedians of all time. Did you watch he's the been, new Netflix special? He's been eclipsed by Dave Chappelle right. in a lot of ways, like, yes. especially lately with the comeback. Yes. But Chris Rock was always my favorite. I think this is my least favorite um, of all wow. that he's done. So do you think he's just not got it? or he's No, I just think he can't do jokes anymore because of the society and you that could see in. that you could see that in the writing you could jokes. see that he's not touching a lot of shit he's holding back unlike Chappelle, who does obviously doesn't give a fuck well Chappelle's not going for the jugular either he's kind of like i think that he's um that first one that he did was a lot more brazen this one was a lot more the like third one yeah like this this newest one that he just did the the two new ones he just did he was kind of like like just kind of like dancing around things mm, a little bit. Interesting. Like he would he would like say something, but then automatically say something else to offset, just soften that. it a little. Yes. So, so. Do you, is the Rock one worth watching? The Chris Rock one. I do think you got to see what Chris Rock is up. Yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, holy shit, what's Chris Rock been up he to? He does have a couple of great points. He does talk a little bit about like you know being a black dude and. And like, and still the shit that he has to deal with, even though he's Chris Rock, dude. His stand up in his prime, unfucking believable. Yeah, just amazing stuff. Love a good comedy. Okay, one last. Uh, actually, there's two last things, but the last one we're gonna talk about now is: Have you been watching uh, the on the Paramount Network that used to be Spike TV? There's a six episode series called Waco. Nope. About the fucking siege in 90, whatever it was, with David Koresh. Uh, It's four episodes in, and holy shit, is it good. Oh, it's good? (laughs) Yes. Michael Shannon is in it. Melissa Benoist plays one of his wives, which I'm sure none of his wives were that attractive, first of all. And then Taylor Kitsch plays David Koresh really well. Really well. In the beginning, you see like Koresh was in a, he had a cover band and they're playing my Sharona in a bar and he just wanted to play music and then read the Bible. Uh, But uh, the the beauty of this series is it's written based off a couple of books on both sides. There's a book from the negotiator who I bet is Michael Shannon. He's playing FBI negotiator. So it's based on that guy's book. And then it's also based on a book from a survivor of the whole incident. So you get all the stuff inside. It's really fucking good, man. And uh, I, I don't know. Lately, I've been obsessed with these these shows and documentaries about all the ninety homes, nineties homegrown terrorists. Like the, the the Ted Kaczynski one was really good. This fucking one is is really well done. Well, what do you learn about the world? You, you learn this? other sides of stories. You learn, you know, their point of view. I mean, from their point of view, they're just living there, and all of a sudden. There's fucking FBI and tanks surrounding them and helicopters. And uh, they didn't really do anything. They just had some weapons. 
And they felt like they, you know, the whole time Michael Shannon is negotiating with David, he's going, send out the kids, send out the people. And he's like, you don't get it. You think they're hostages? These are our kids. You are asking us to send our kids out. But like everyone wants to be here. There are no hostages. And so the the fucking FBI and ATF just kind of they had tanks, they kind of fucked it up. There was Ruby now, why Ridge. Why did they want that. to fuck with this guy? Really? Okay, here is ultimately the reason why they got to him. It has to do with the incident at Ruby Ridge, where there's another family in the woods. Just minding their own business, the ATF rolls up on them, and the FBI roll up on them, and the FBI accidentally snipes the wife and kills her, and they blame it on the ATF, okay? They don't want to take the heat. They're like, we're going to take blame this on the ATF. The ATF is like, well, fuck. We look like shit. We got to do something to, to save face. They find out that there's a shipment of like empty grenade shells or some shit going to the the compound at Mount Carmel. And they send John Leguizamo to go move in next door and surveil them. And Leguizamo's in this and he's really good. And he gets inside. They're onto him. He gets inside. He doesn't see any guns. They have no reason. But the ATF is like, we're coming now. Fuck it. We're doing this raid. So they didn't do anything wrong with this guy. Not really. He was minding his own business. Now, his thing, he like none of the men. He's like, you have to be celibate if you want to join us. Sex is a burden, and I will take that burden off of you. So he is fucking all the men's wives and having babies with them and calling them his wife. So, yeah, that's a little weird. But... Nobody was forced. Everybody was there. And the thing, it seems like they want to be there. There is one guy who's a little more sane, his right-hand man, Steve, who's trying to mediate between them. But David Koresh, at one point, he's like, okay, we'll come out. And then he's like, no, we're not coming out. We live here. We just, I don't know. So it hasn't ended. There's two more. I mean, I know how it ends. It doesn't end well. There's two more episodes. But think about, there's babies. There's people. These babies are probably in their 20s. That are, uh, there's people alive now that were babies in this that, that made it out. It's pretty crazy. That's and there's fucking crazy. And there's survivors, dude. There's still survivors of this that can tell you what was going on. Yeah, all you do is find out more and more that the government's fucked Listen, up. this is this to me is a, is, a, is a case of the government being bullies and uh, and getting having all the equipment and tanks and just not knowing how to use it, escalating things, not talking, and everything gets full. Yeah, so you mean that their guns that they had, they were able yeah. to stop the government? Well, they had lots of guns, didn't help them. Oh, it didn't help okay. them with their militia. So hmm, government's going to get you. They're going to get you. There ain't no stopping them. Hmm. Okay. Rugs. There's one more show, but I'm going to weave it into some email feedback we got here from listener Dion Robertson, who I said earlier, joined the Facebook group. He wrote in, he says, Hey guys, huge fan of the show. Been listening over a year now. And I look forward to it dropping weekly. First off, I just watched episode 10 of Altered Carbon, and no spoilers, but it was definitely the best ending to a Netflix series I've ever seen. It's worth the slow start. Second, what the fuck happened to what the fuck happened? Oh, shit. Those are my favorites, so when can we expect the gang and Matt to do another one of those? Thanks in advance. Keep dropping those geek boners. Geek boner. All right, Rux. I talked to Dollhauer. Okay. We have a plan. Okay. I'm going to announce the next two What the Fuck Happened movies right now, listener. Oh, shit. Just for you. The first one, remember our, our listener and patron, Bonner Demling, who's Del Howard's fan. He turned her on to the show. Uh-huh. And now she is supporting us monthly. At her tier, she gets to pick a movie for us to review. Well, Bonner, uh, according to Matt, has decided to pick a What the Fuck 
for us to do, which is great. It's great. We're going to fulfill Bonner's dreams. And what is it? The movie that she picked for us is none other than Howard the Duck. Oh, shit. Easy pickings right there. That should be very entertaining. And you know what? I don't think I've ever seen the movie all the way through at all. It's been a while since I've seen it all the way. So through. I am looking forward to watching this for the first I time. I going to pick Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> uh, that's not a superhero movie, though. Is it? Well, he's a kind of a superhero. He's kind of a superhero. So that'll be fun. Howard the Duck will be better and a very entertaining. Thank you, Bonner Dumbling, for the pick. And then we'll do that in March, and then we'll give it a couple of months. Next quarter, we are going to make another one of our listeners and awesome patrons happy, and that is Dr. Adam Morris, Ph.D., uh, we're doing Masters of the Universe, people. Talking nerd. Whoa. That's going to be a good one. Oh, I just just strap myself in for that one. <laughs> That's going to be great. I will watch that again. It's been a while. Oh, you don't like it. No, I don't. Speaking of, uh, remember they're making a new movie, and uh, we talked about how uh, some of the designs from David S. Goyer. Well, looks like they're going to need a new director. David S. Goyer says, uh, I- I'm going to pass on this, guys. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to pass. What do you think happened there? Uh, I don't know, but I'm glad it happened, let's say. Me too. I'm, uh, maybe there was some clashing. Maybe he had some crazy ideas, and they're like, what? what is this? What are you doing? Yeah. That's what I think happened. This movie's never going to get made. It's never going to get made. I, it's hard. Like, we talked about it. It's hard to get what Masters of the Universe is and translate it and actually... Kind of make it work, but it can be done. Look, Thor is Thor the closest is thing. The closest. Do Thor and just make it like a comedy. Fuck it. Right. Right. Uh, but I have more from Dion Robertson because I told him I'm I was on episode eight of Altered Carbon and I finished it. Rugs, you finished? Yeah, I'm done. So I finally finished it, but Dion said, Bro, you might have to rewatch 10 after you pick your mind up and after it gets blown away, the small pieces finally come together. They were not afraid to go dark, but it was an emotional roller coaster I haven't felt since Game of Thrones. Not saying it compares to the GOAT, the greatest of all time, but I finally felt something from a Netflix series. And I've heard this from a lot of people. Uh, now, it was pretty great. I do. I do I, uh, my mind was kind of blown away. I kind of have to watch it again. Uh, but what I wanted to do, Rugs, is I want to tell the listener maybe that's watched first one or two episodes and thinks it's kind of slow, hard to get in why it's worth sticking with, because do you think it's worth sticking with? Well, look, this is the thing for me. I was like, not into it for the first few episodes. Cause I was yes. like, oh, this is stupid. There's a lot uh, of stuff to learn. It's a stupid, like detective thing where he's got to sit there and solve a mystery and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like this character's not likable. They're jumping back and forth through time. And the thing that really pissed me off, and it still pisses me off, even though I've, I've enjoyed the series, is that the world building is only, like, they only get into, like, they talk about all these other worlds and stuff, and they, they, you're never even aware that they exist. You're just always in this city. So that's the part that I was, like, kind of, like, weird about. What, you mean, when like, the times when they're like, oh, I'm from Earth, or what other places do they talk about? They're talking about all kinds of planets being populated. Oh, yeah, yeah, So you yeah. don't even remember that because they never really reinforced oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, so, yeah. I remember the mention, occasional mention here or there, like yeah. from Earth. So, yeah, so it was weird uh, that they uh, it, they kind of dropped the ball in the world building. I, but, I like the world building myself. It starts but, with a lot of world building, which is hard to get through. There is a, it does kind of shift gears. Yes. At a certain point in time Holy where. Holy shit. Yes. Where um, you start to learn about 
the envoys. Yes. And once that kind of kicks in and you learn about the the relationships and all that stuff, uh, like how they kind of are complex, and then you're like, where can this go? I think that there were some episodes that were really annoying. Like the first the the first episode with the the torture episode oh, in the virtual the virtual torture. Yeah, I thought that was such a fucking waste of time episode. But I like that where she's training him on how to handle the torture. We're not going to spoil anything for the listener because I want them to watch this. Yeah, there's some good stuff with Quell in there, but like like uh, it was just weird. Yeah. It was just weird. Like some of them went on too long. I feel like. But now, to say good stuff about it, now I always have to start with the bad, but best production value I've seen in a Netflix show. You could see where the money was spent. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about cinematography, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I'm the talking art direction. about art direction, mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm mm-hmm. talking about set design, beautiful. I'm talking about all kinds of beautiful stuff going on. I, I think it was uh, the money. You could see the money. Well put, um, well used, too, yeah. They used action uh, dispersed throughout the show, and the action was exciting. At least I think the action is like movie level quality, good fucking choreo- choreography. Like I fucking love the action scenes in this show. There were some good ones, but I mean, I don't want to go that far. But I think it was it's up there. Dude, Jai Ying from Agents of Shield is in this, and she's yeah. fucking badass and naked. And naked a lot, and there's a bunch of her, and you see her like naked over and over again. But that part in the midway through the show where there's that amazing fucking scene, oh shit, she's slicing and dicing. Uh, the protectorate kind of looked like Ghost from Ant Man a little bit. Yeah, but I like that look because it's like it's very intimidating. Like you just see the lights and you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Uh, it's got tons of nudity and violence. I love and I I like the story structure. Like you said, do you think the back half pays off? To getting through the first half. Yeah, the first, uh, the first, I'm going to say the first four or five episodes are like, I think that it made it convoluted for no, it could have been a much more elegant story. I kind of like what they did because I like the thing where you don't know what's going on and then they slowly reveal it reverse in the middle. Yeah, but then you see, like, that's but, a, but I don't want to give away anything, but when... There's the big reveal at the end. Yeah. This is orchestrated. A lot of it was orchestrated. Right. You're like, well, that's unnecessary. You could have just showed up. You know, you could have just been like, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> like, what is all this? This is stupid. Like, you you know, it's like, it's called, it's all it's called uh, narrative structure. I don't know. Yeah. But I think the final five episodes really give you a reason to care for everything you've been watching up until then. Right. I. This is the thing. If you're looking for a show to rally behind um, and get like a great um, possible like cinematic experience yeah. that's sci-fi. If you like the this is the show. If you right like now. the Blade this Runner is- aesthetic, if you like future noir, if you like dystopian sci-fi, this is your fucking show. It goes dark. It goes places where you don't think about. It does fucking crazy shit. There's um, artificial intelligence hold people that are AI. There's stacks and there sleeves is, and body swapping. There's there great is parallels shit. to yeah. what's going yeah. on now yeah. with the rich get rich and the poor get poor. Yep. But I just there's certain aesthetics to this show that I think that are weak because if everybody can live forever, well, not everybody. See, I love the fact that, but they don't make that clear why why they're like saying they in one in one sense they say everybody's born they get they get this disc put in the back of their head and they get to take that disc out and stick it into other bodies. Yes. But if everybody has that, 
then what's the big deal? Well, the big deal, I I love this idea. So, uh, Like some people shouldn't get that at all. No, well. I think only the rich should have that. That would make it much better. Well, the, so here's the thing. In this world, if you are rich, you can clone yourself and your stack can go be sleeved in your own clone. So you literally live forever in clones. Now, if you're poor, you take whatever body is laying around and you may be a man. still alive. Yes, but yeah. you, I find, I like the parts, the moments where, uh, so the characters would be like, I'm not coming back. I'm done. Put me back on ice. Like you could be a s- dormant for like a hundred years and come out for a day and then go back to sleep. And to you, it's just like that. Like just those concepts are crazy. they never explain how they got that technology. They said the aliens gave it to them and they never oh, they got did? into that. Eh, who cares? It's like 300 years in the future. This shit happens. I think it's important. <laughs> so there's things, there's glaring holes in there. I like it's not perfect. Still one but- of the, one of the best, better things I've watched on the Netflix. Like I feel Overall. like if I'm gonna review this, I'm gonna say the weakest part of the show is the girl who plays Ortega. Oh, you don't like she's Kristen frustratingly Ortega. bad. Yeah, yes. she grew on me at the end, but I I see there's no like chemistry there or charisma. No, she's just yeah. she's yeah. not good. You should have cast someone James else. Purefoy as the bad guy. I like him as a bad guy. He actually he creeps me out just by his face yeah, and his mannerisms. Great. But as I said, what saves this is. The strength of the uh, of the design and the money that's put on it, um, there it is very fun to watch. Like when you once you get past the first few episodes and you're locked in, yeah. Uh, then it's fun to watch. It's kind of like you can watch one after the other after the other. Um, Stick with it for the payoff. What did you think of Joel Kinnaman's performance as the lead? He mumbles a lot. He does, and. I, I, he's not a very like emphatic, exciting actor, but like in this, it works because he's got that dumb, confused face anyways. And that's what the character the whole time, like really has no idea what the fuck's going on and is figuring it out. Now, do you think, I mean, like I would love for the show to continue on without all this whole cast. All right here. Okay. (laughs) This is another reason to watch this show. Uh, It is a great self-contained season. There's a great amount of closure at the end. And apparently, uh, like the books are, next season it's going to be 30 years later and probably a whole different cast. Same setting, different story. So I that's kind of cool if they do like anthology season-wise and just jump ahead every time. because I can't, I won't be able you're, to take any more of Ortega. You're done with Ortega. Dude, she had, yeah. a, oh man, the fucking cyber arm was great. Like it's good stuff. Dude, she, they gave her the baddest ass thing and I still didn't like her. She, she whole- had super punch. She had a super punch power. Yeah, but I do agree. Like they, they could have picked a different a- a- actress yeah. for Ortega. But I'm saying, like, like, like this is the type of shit we should be seeing. Yeah. From yes, from that, yes, like this yes, level. Yes, like the all the quality, time. Like okay, let's just put it down. Like Daredevil is second to the quality of this. Yes. Look, this is this by far eclipses Stranger Things in quality. Like we're talking about dollars spent. What about Get on Down? Get Down spent a lot of money and it looked great. Yeah, but I mean, it's it a wasn't different context. The value of that, yeah. the, the on-screen value, yeah, of it is nowhere near this. This is just as far as just production value and uh, uh, concept value. This this is great. Now. There are problems with the show, yes, but yeah. I'm just saying, just production wise, like when you're talking about like Luke, like Luke Cage and Wow Factor, and how it didn't have a Wow Factor, and then Iron Fist didn't have a Wow Factor. Ugh, it had a Boo Factor. Like 
Jessica Jones, like the fight scenes are leave a lot to be desired there. Like here you have a a character who fucking can kick ass like with like some power. Yeah. And they fucking show it to you and it looks pretty bad. And they don't they don't hold they don't hold back. I I love I love the fight scenes in this, dude. They were I thought they were top notch. They were uh, in in spots, they were like a little bit like overly edited. Oh, okay. And, and a little bit overly you know, there's like Cut, a lot of cuts. Yeah. 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 Like they did that a lot to hide the fact that we, you know, whatever. And then when they, uh, cause they're, they, they have the, the actors are actually performing a lot of the stunts. Oh, really? So you can see uh, their, fa- yeah, well, you yeah, can yeah. see their faces. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing that face swap technology <laughs> where you, yeah. whatever they could be Let's doing that. Get there. I, I, I love the lead guy's name. Takashi Kovach. Like he goes, yeah, it's Japanese and Slavic. <laughs> it's just uh, like a great uh, way to show how the future is like everything is like blended. Because I was always like Kovach, Takashi Kovach. How's this guy a Kovach and Takashi? I think my favorite character from the whole thing is the hotel. The hotel, Poe? Yeah. Who looked like Edgar Allan Poe. He's great. I did like Poe. Poe's badass. Uh, uh, highly recommended. Check it out. Now that we've ruined it for you. We, we didn't ruin a lot. It's still worth watching. But if you're stuck on it, because it's slow in the beginning, the payoff is, is definitely, definitely worth it. When I, when I was watching it, I was like, this is like destiny. This could be like what destiny, yeah, the TV yeah, show is. Yeah. A little bit. That's why the protectorate looked like those dudes from destiny too. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Okay, gang, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks. Look, it always happens. When the jock is gone, we go long. Bro, do you even podcast? That's our motto around here. Fuck him. He's not here. We don't have anything to do. (laughs) He's got a life. Uh, We're just a bunch of losers sitting here Friday night. Thanks for hanging out with us. I do want to uh, plug again. Check out uh, this week's episode of Zang This, where uh, I geek out about Spider-Man 2. I will put about the cubbyhole. Cubbyhole Podcast. Oh, shit. I forgot to say Cubbyhole Podcast. Subscribe. Check out the Cubbyhole Podcast. He's already got three episodes out. The guy is pumping out episode after episode. Uh, yeah, I forgot to do the thing where I was going to mention Cubbyhole Podcast. Unintentional asshole strikes again. Oh, shit. I'll make it up in the next episode. <laughs> That'll be a running gag. Check out the Cubbyhole Podcast. Cubbyhole Podcast. Cubbyhole Podcast. Now you'll remember. Uh, and then I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Rugs, where can the people find the you? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy, where I'll be making tweets about how the most important movie ever is coming out this weekend. Rugs, it's a very important movie. It's the most important. I movie. know. I just said that. It's very important. Is even a special movie. It's going to be dope. Subscribe to the show so you get our review next week. Man, Anthony, I hope you're enjoying your concert because uh, when you're not here, this is the bullshit that happens. <laughs> Thanks for listening yeah. to the Jockin' Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Rug Boy. He's the Rug Boy. And he's the nerd. Spread the geekery. Tell a friend. We'll hear you next week. <laughs>